Hey everyone, welcome to The Starting Designer, a podcast focused on providing tips, tricks, and advice on getting through your first year of owning your own design business. Before we get started with our design industry guest, I wanted to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Revolution Performance Fabrics. Now, listen, relax, get some daily motivation, and enjoy. Hey, interior design and furniture people. Uh, today on the show, we have John and Jason from Madcap Cottage. Uh, John and Jason have appeared in domestic and international omni-channel platforms such as InStyle, People, Apartment Therapy, and many, many more. Uh, they were also named two of America's top interior designers under 40 by House Beautiful Magazine when they were still under 40. Uh, hey, John and Jason, how are you guys doing today? We're good, Anderson. We like being... We like appearing on international omni-channel platforms. That that makes us very happy. So, and yes, we're we are we are slightly over forty now. So that day has come and gone. But when they have top interior designers under sixty, we'll certainly be on that list. Yeah. <laughs> so so for the listener who who may not be familiar with you guys, you know, really really give me kind of a walkthrough of of the Madcap Cottage brand, uh, what y'all do, and 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 really what you specialize in. You know, I think that Madcap Cottage's space is prints and patterns, and it's an idea that we make people dream, but it's a very accessible, approachable sort of dreaming. And if you follow us on Instagram, you can see our videos and our how-tos and tips. And we love to show idea- we love to show our friends and followers how to really bring their own personal brand story to life. And we use prints and patterns at Madcap Cottage to really tell our story. And I think it's that idea that, you know, there are designers out there that are great, but they don't really have a point of view. And I think that our point of view is definitely, you know, prints and, and patterns and, 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 and capturing that, that your, your personal story and bringing it to life. And I think we're also about a spirit of fun and this idea that uh, your home should be a place that really makes you happy, that puts a smile on your face. And I think that the way to achieve that is with your interior design, your decor. I mean, that that plays such a big role in your outlook on how you perceive being in your home, especially everything that's going on in the world right now. Yeah, I think that, you know, during the Great Depression, you had Fred and Ginger dancing across a silver screen, and everything was very kind of buzzy, Busby Berkeley and Technicolor. Right. And I think that we very much capture that idea that the minute you walk in your home, it should put a smile on your face. It should be fun. It should be anything but sterile. It shouldn't be clinical. It shouldn't be beige. You know, I think if you go to a hotel like the Greenbrier in West Virginia, it may or may not be your thing, but it has such bright colors and patterns that the minute you walk in, you feel like you've entered this fantasy land, this candy land. And I think that everything that we do is is very sophisticated, but it's also very fun. And I think that uh, if your home doesn't put a smile on your face, uh, if there are rooms that you don't use, then really, you know, take the opportunity to rethink those things and to bring a little bit of magic and sparkle into your own home. I can uh, I can personally totally relate to uh, you know y'all's ability to make things you know personal and fun. Uh, when you hosted the Revolution Fabrics crew at your house a few months ago, I, I thought it was amazing. We had this beautiful, uh, this absolutely amazing meal, uh, you know, five star, and then then the dessert was a was a was a Klondike bar, and it was it was this very fun. Uh, extravagant experience, and and we were served this Klondike bar, and it's it's, it's definitely a, a story I have, um, or an experience I have for for kind of the rest of my life. Um, 
so yeah, talk me through talk me through uh, kind of the relationship, you know, in in terms of you know the the start of Madcap. You know, uh, I just got back from the Design Influencers Conference, um, and there was uh, world renowned designers there, and it was really great to kind of hear their story. But what I would like to really touch on for our listeners is you know, talk to me about the beginning. Talk to me about the relationship, you know, before Madcap, um, John and Jason, you, you both have your two backgrounds, uh, it sounds like, in two different things. Talk me through uh, both those backgrounds and then and then ultimately the, the idea to start Madcap. You know, Anderson, I think that our currency is storytelling. John and I are both storytellers. And we've always very much looked at everything that we touch as that idea of, of de delivering the story. So we both come from backgrounds in publishing. John had been at House Beautiful. Uh, he was uh, the contributing editor at Better Homes and Gardens. He was the home editor at Parents Magazine. He was at American Homestyle. I had started off at Condé Nast Traveler. I was an editor at Random House. I was an ex executive producer at Food Network and uh, launched Niche Media with Gotham Hamptons and LA Confidential, a whole slew of other magazines. But I think the idea was that we always wanted to create our own destiny. And we had been, we had both grown up in families. John grew up in Iowa. I grew up in Florida, but we grew up in families where our parents were constantly rearranging the furniture and buying antiques and moving things around. And I think that we always knew that we wanted to tell our own story. And so the idea of really using our editorial backgrounds, learning how to produce stories, style stories, write stories, gave us that, that currency to be able to bring that, that, that vision to life. And we were lucky enough that the first project we did for a friend who said, hey, I really like your style. I really like your home. Would you design my little rental out in Southampton, out in the Hamptons in New York? Ended up running in, in, in O at Home, the Oprah Home Magazine. I think it was eight pages. And that kind of started the, you know, we didn't turn into Nate Berkus, obviously, but it kind of got, it gave us a confidence, I think, to put the shingle out. So I think that everything we do is really predicated upon that idea of bringing, you know, a client's story to life. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I I never really thought about a career in design. I did go to school and major in um, fine art and graphic design and journalism at the same time, but I always thought that I would stay in publishing for my lifetime. Um, but then I, you know, but in the back of my head, I was always doing design work. And when I moved to New York and got a job in publishing. It was with a home magazine. And so I started interviewing people like Bunny Williams and Thomas O'Brien and, you know, these, you know, Mario Buada, these really, you know, top tier interior designers. And it sort of piqued my interest. And I think in some ways that was better training than actually going to school for interior design, because I got to learn things from a wide spectrum of designers who I probably would never have come in contact with at, at design school um, in the first place. So, you know, fast forward from that to ending up at Parents, where I was the home editor, and essentially became the de facto interior designer on staff because the real um, interest of that job from the, the editor's point of view was to have somebody to do her home. So, <laughs> Um, so yeah. we, you know, we did a lot and that was sort of her, her way of understanding the subject matter was to use it for projects that pertain to what she needed done in her world. And so from that, you know, I learned how to work with clients and how to really 
kind of move that needle. Um, and it gave me the confidence to start doing things for other people on the side and realize that I could actually turn it into a business. You know, I think that Anderson, too, it's not only are we giving people the, the permission to bring their own personal stories to life through whether it's a partnership with Revolution, which we're so excited about, or our interior design clients or our lighting or rugs or all those kind of things. Um, but it's really the idea that it's accessible, that we, you know, we, we want to create um, and, and offer people ideas that they can bring into their own homes. You know, when we do a show house, we love that people tend to sit in our rooms and really enjoy them and say, oh, I never thought about that. You know, it's not just about, hey, it's expensive and I can't, you know, I can't attain it. But really, like, I never thought about painting my ceiling or right. I never thought about going to World Market or, or those kind of things and having some fun. And I think that, that everything we do is about um, good design should be available to all. Yeah, and I think, you know, working at places like Better Homes and Gardens and Parents really taught me how to be practical with design and, mm -hmm. you know, how to you know, create products that could stand up to kids and pets and how to how to really embrace that world that just because you're doing something that's focused on a family doesn't mean you have to dumb it down. It can still be beautiful products. It's, you know, it just has to be wearable and it has to be durable and it has to be super sturdy. Yeah, it has to be, you know, it has to be relatable. I, I can, I can 100% relate to that. I, I love color and, 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 you know, design, but, uh, yeah, if, when y'all come to my house, it is, uh, it is not colorful. And that, that's because, uh, maybe I, I don't have color theory, but, you know, when it, when it really comes down to it. Um, but yeah, we, when all this is over, we need to, we need to do a little design in my house or something. We're coming um, over for yeah, cocktails. I would say that's also why looking back on how my career path kind of went, I'm glad I didn't go to interior design school in some ways because going through the fine art graphic design programs really taught me color theory and really taught me how to kind of think outside of the box when it comes to pairing colors and scale and all of those things. And I, and I think people get so hung up on things having to be a perfect match or, you know, they have to be coordinates or they have to be, you know, they have to, they get hung up on these things that if they let go of some of that, they would find it much easier to come up with. On rules, on rules that, that seem to be rules, but they're, you know, you know, and maybe I can relate this to film because I, I make a lot of films, but, you know, if you look at some of the best movies in history, the, um, the directors who make the uh, who break the rules, you know, mm -hmm. tend to tend to be known throughout history. You know, uh, right. those who follow the rules um, kind of blur in the background with, you know, the the rules of film and and, and the rules of design. So you know, to to mm -hmm. really stand out, um, y'all y'all told a different story and 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 made made something that no one else was was doing. I mean, that's that's truly truly amazing. Well, yeah, um, and I think it's, you know, and from a business perspective, I think sometimes you sit there and you think, gee, if I did what everybody else was doing, maybe my business would be in a very different place. But then I, but then you also sit there and think, okay, but if I did everything kind of white, beige, and neutral, would I be happy with what I'm doing? I'd probably hate my job. So, 
so I think you have to choose. And I think sometimes it is hard to do the thing that is different than what everyone else is doing. Yeah, but I think like what you guys are doing at Revolution so brilliantly is kind of rethinking, always rethinking the model and creating an amazing store or casting, casting um, a net that's different than other fabric companies. And, you know, you're producing things domestically and there are no chemicals. And it's really, you know, such an incredible product. And I think that you all are, 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 are constantly trying something new. And I think that for us, partnering with people who are thinking differently um, is, is really the, the way to go. Because I think that to your point, that if you're a lemming, you know what, when you go over the cliff, it's all over. So I think that it's always kind of, I kind of think it's always rethinking the model, trying something new, having smart partnerships, uh, and delivering product that might uh, might be a bit different, but is will 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 really uh, deliver on something special. And I think that you know everything we do feels hand touched, it feels special, uh, it feels wonderful, and that's really our goal is to create just terrific spot on product. Well, and I think if you if you go back to um, when Jason and I were kids and what you were seeing in magazines in the 70s and 80s, it was not this neutral landscape that you've seen for the last, you know, 15, 20 years with HGTV, it was, you know, you were looking at things like kitchens with orange colored cabinets or, you know, colored appliances or, I mean, it was, magazines really made you dream and really push the envelope. And then, you know, everything kind of went neutral and gray and beige and, you know, in part because, that was kind of the new, sort of the new kind of, kind of started in California, but it was kind of the new, the new look that no one had seen. But then it sort of became this, you know, overall presence with things like, with retailers like Pottery Barn and Crate and Barrel and, you know, all other kinds of things. And the landscape really shifted. And I think now mm -hmm. you're seeing it shift again because we've had 20 years of Belgian linen and, gray walls and you know people want something different again and i and i do think that the rough times that we're going through right now that there's going to be this pent-up energy and people want fun they want color and so we're really trying to offer lots of igtv videos and content that are fun and it's not being debbie downer it's saying hey celebrate your home have right. some fun enjoy the but, ride sparkle doesn't mean you have to you know sit in the corner and, and sulk like really bring some prints mm -hmm. and pattern and color into your home and you're really and you know it everything kind of it doesn't you know home is always the last area that kind of shifts when it comes to trends and design you know you start it kind of starts in fashion it trickles into movies and you're seeing the movies you're seeing now um the sets are all you know the new jane austen movie the, every room in that movie is wallpapered within an inch of its life um, and, and that's kind of where, you know, and you're seeing, you see it on Instagram with millennials, you see it in fashion with, you know, everybody from Gucci to, um, you know, your local H&M. And so it, once it starts getting into those channels, it eventually ends up in home and that's, and you're starting to see it now come into home in a much more mass way than it used to. Yeah, at, at Revolution Fabrics, and you know, Jason uh, and John, I'm really glad you guys actually brought this up. Um, we're we're this is a great time to uh, put the little sponsorship plug in there. But 
um, at Revolution, we're really excited to to launch a, a fabric collection, an indoor outdoor fabric collection with the Madcap Madcap crew. Um, this is you know going to be be available online in retail stores and and through uh, Mass General Furniture, and and it's really something we're we're very excited about at Revolution as it as it's our our, our first uh, you know big launch uh, with uh, with someone of, of your caliber. So thank thank you guys for. Uh, believing in us, and we really can't wait to to get this to market. Um, you know, John, you you really touched on. We had a call a few days ago, and you really touched on uh, the reinvention uh, of business. Um, you know, we, at Revolution, we we say we've constantly reinvented ourselves over the years, and and have had to be nimble and quickly, and, and especially during this time of. Uh, of uh, history uh, that hasn't been seen maybe before since uh, World War II or the Great Depression. Talk to me about reinvention and talk to me about, you know, beating to kind of the, a different drum and, and how Madcap from kind of start to finish has had to reinvent themselves a few times. Yeah, I mean, we've always um, looked at the business differently than I would say the majority of interior designers out there. We've never thought of ourselves as just interior designers, and we've never thought of ourselves as having to work with one particular business model. Um, so, you know, I think when it comes to working with clients, we've learned that, you know, as, and it, it really started, that really started to change with Domino Magazine. Um, you mm -hmm. know, this idea that, everything was now suddenly accessible and which is great because you know a lot of these brands i mean that's what, what's interesting about design in america is brands like schumacher were household names pre 19 you know the 40s the 50s like people knew what schumacher was and then it sort of became this rarefied thing that you could only get through designers and it kind of lost that cachet in the sense that you know, the ordinary person on the street knew what it was. Now you see that coming back and that's largely because of things like Domino, social media, the internet, like all of this stuff that designers were your access to before are now available without necessarily a designer. So designers have always had always historically kind of sold themselves as a way of getting access to certain items or certain things that you couldn't get on your own and we can take your world and take you through a process of creating a space that you couldn't do on your own. It's about the creative part of it. So we've always charged for the creative, um, not the model where you charge really for the product. And so that, and when 2008 came, that was a big deal because designers who were solely making a living off of selling product really suffered um, mm -hmm. because it was really hard in that environment with things like One King's Lane and all these things popping up, selling products at half of what you could get it for as a designer. Um, so that model really changed, and I think we changed with it. Um, I think that we've always focused on having our own product and bringing our own product to market as another source of revenue. Um, and that's something that is slowly growing to where now I would say 
we're pretty evenly split, um, 50-50 in terms of revenue from design projects, revenue from product. Um, and it's something that we would, you know, as we evolve, we're trying to push that more into, I would say, a bigger chunk of our revenue coming strictly from product and less coming from interior design projects. Uh, we've always looked at it as, you know, it's really hard when you think about a business to scale an interior design business. Um, because it's, it's all you have is time, right? All you have is time, and the only way you can easily scale it is to layer in more employees to take on that time in those projects, but you have no way of knowing what projects are coming in the door. And there's no, unlike certain businesses, there's no real easy way of marketing that business either in terms of getting a return on your marketing that you can you know, really see. You know, Anderson, I think we're always trying new new rev streams, maybe activations, bringing people to High Point and spending a weekend with us and kind of doing a master class. Or we do a lot of public speaking. We do a lot of the home shows around the country. Um, we, we, we are doing a tour for a government group this summer here in the High Point. Uh, that's another rev stream. So I think we're always kind of looking at new ways of, of engaging audiences, of telling stories. And I think that that is is a, a real mix of you know social media other content streams always thinking internationally in our focus so america is very important to us but it's also kind of saying huh maybe there's a market for us in south korea but the goal ultimately is to not necessarily bring in a new design client it's to make people aware of us as a brand and to make them aware that there are ways they can bring us into their lives without necessarily hiring us to design their home, because that's a very elevated, very rarefied thing on a certain level. You know, um, I think we're, we're just open. You know, so a friend of ours has just hired us to kind of do a landscape scheme for uh, for them, because I think that we're, we're very much a lifestyle brand and we love to cook and we love to throw dinner parties, as you graciously said, and we, you know, we like style and all those kind of things. So I think it's the idea that people are looking to us, uh, for for ideas, um, and we love to offer things on Instagram and Facebook about how to make a great carrot salad or how to arrange a mantle. So I think that it's it's these great ideas that that have takeaways, and and I think that we're you know we can, we're very accessible. We don't live in an ivory tower, and I think that that's what people want. And we kind of show people our lifestyle, and that we have the four dogs, the four pound rescue dogs. And it's just, as John said earlier, it's really about capturing a spirit of fun. And how do you, how do you tell that story through fabric? How do you tell it through uh, engagements? And I think the idea of just being constantly nimble and trying new things. And, you know, do we fall on our face? Not really, but do we make mistakes? Not really, but we, we certainly, there are a lot of stumbles. And you always pick yourself up and, and, and go and work really hard. And, and you know, my, always be humble. And I think my mom always said, today's peacock, tomorrow's feather duster. And I think that that idea of never believe your own hype, work really hard, work harder, uh, work smarter, uh, and try new things. Because you never know. You never know. It's that idea of, you know, we go to a cocktail party and you meet somebody, and that might be the, the, the moment where your business blossoms. And if you sat behind your desk, it wouldn't have happened. Right. A hundred percent. But I think, I think you know, ultimately, Jay I think ultimately the goal is, you know, to create some a, a brand that is bigger than the two of us, something that, you know, 
20 years from now, when hopefully we're no longer involved in it, it's still around and people still look to Madcap Cottage as- When I have a, when I have a crazy straw attached to my margarita machine <laughs> on some island that we bought, um, yeah, there's still, there's still revenue coming in that other people are, 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 you know, they can zoom me once a month and that's, that's it. I, th I think that's, uh, I think that's the definition of an international brand when, when, when you have a margarita machine in your own island. Uh, I hope I'm, I hope I'm invited. You're, to, you're invited. Uh, yeah. You know, Jason, you, you actually had a great segment and, and I wanted to take this, uh, on the other side, but you know, the, the, talk to me about the pubs. I mean, can I, can I assume, can I assume that the pub, the pubs have really become somewhat of an, uh, an icon or a symbol for the, the madcap cottage brand. Uh, if I'm, I'm wrong there, please correct me, but you know, talk me through, uh, have you always had pugs? Um, yes, that. we have we have three pound rescue pugs and a pound rescue Boston Terrier, and dogs have just you know we've had we've had the, the, the pups for about almost eleven years now, and it's just really part of our lifestyle and this idea of that the dogs nothing's sacred they can live on everything and so I think that that idea of doing something with revolution is just you know everything that we do is really part of the DNA and we want to create amazing furnishings and fabrics that that are dog friendly or kid friendly or wine friendly and all those kind of things um, but that idea that they yeah they're very much writing a children's book uh, for a publisher in New York now about the lessons we've learned or the, that the dogs teach can teach an amazing lesson and you know one of them for example has very few teeth and no one eye and is half blind but she wakes up every day and is happy and I think there's so many lessons you can learn uh, from dogs and you know, they just put us, you know, they're, they're, they're fun and they put the smile on our face and we just really, they're, they're such a part of the, the madcap cottage brand story and people often, you know, don't care about seeing us, but they want to meet the, they want right. to meet Weenie or Cecil or Amy Petunia or George. And again, they've all come from kind of bad, bad situations and they've been rescued. And we just love that idea that they're part of this. You know, we look at life as kind of a romp and it's, just, it's fun and it's whimsical and the dogs very much capture that, that spirit and, and sense of fun. And we do so many road trips with them. Um, and, you know, they're not, you know, again, it's, it's, it's fun. It's accessible. They're not, you know, I, I think it's just yeah. part of that, the whole, the whole kind of madcap spirit is this idea of, of fun and the dog's, very much play into into all of that yeah cat you know cat people please stop listening here but yeah we have uh <laughs> at the gibbons family we we have four dogs so um we're definitely at revolution i, I feel like uh if i didn't have a, a stand resistant sofa um i feel like revolution was made for me it wasn't right but, right, um, right yeah exactly but, yeah yeah <laughs> I, I mean uh as much well, as i, I like to think i can I think so many, um, so many times people throw up roadblocks when it comes to design because they say, oh, I have kids or oh, I have pets or I want to sell my hat. I, I want resale value, resale value and all these. And, and I think, you know, you just have to, there are so many great products out there today that make it easy to have great design that's still kid friendly, still pet friendly. And I think, you know, that's, that's just something that it needs to, um, people just have to get, get their head wrapped around that idea um, that your home can be, you know, like when we were kids, you know, my mother worked with a designer and we were not allowed to go in the living room because 
the designer did the living room and it was perfect, but, but we didn't, we didn't use it. We didn't go in there because it was this sort of hands off, you know, you can't, kids will mess it up. Um, and I think that's not reality anymore and people don't want to live that way. And yeah. And it's called a living room. You're supposed to live in there. I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, you know, right. Or dining room, you know, dining rooms are maybe you're not as formal as they used to be, but how can you create something that's really fun? Or how can you put a game table in a living room and bring people into the living room for a dinner party or think of some really fun ways? You know, I think one thing I wanted to mention with Madcap Cottage is, you know, one of our taglines, taglines for the, for the brand is it all begins with a sketch. So everything that we do is based upon John's original artwork that he draws and paints and uses the watercolors. Everything feels hand-touched and special. So, you know, it's not like we're just going out to trade shows and picking floral fabrics or those kind of things. Really, everything that we do has that special quality. Again, it's very accessible, but it all is based upon an original drawing of John maybe traveling somewhere in the world and being inspired and then coming back to our studio in Thomasville, North Carolina, and creating a great floral or a stripe or a graphic or those kind of things. Um, and, and that journey that if you follow us on Instagram, you see our adventures around the world. That could be something local, could be something far flung. But then that idea that it really, nothing feels mechanical because it really isn't. It's all based upon a drawing. And I think that that's something that also that really sets Madcap Cottage apart in the marketplace that he, John has that talent and ability to actually paint and sketch and draw. And we're, you know, it's important for the brand that we, you know, we send thank you notes and we love paper. We love technology as well, but that nice mix of hand touched and special and then using technology where technology makes sense. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. We believe in that at revolution, like to our core. Um, for John and Jason, for, for really the listener who may be starting their interior design firm, um, they're scared to have a different voice. Uh, they're scared to post. They're, they're scared to um, be themselves or find their niche um, because they believe uh, their story is not the same or, or th- they believe their story is the same as every single person out there. Um, what, what would you say to them when they were starting uh, their story or, or their, their business. Um, I think what, have, what, have what a unique, be... yeah, I think have a unique point of view, you know, put a flag in the sand and identify what your brand stands for. Yeah. I think if you, I think there are two, you know, there are two ways you can kind of go about it. Um, I think we stand for pattern and color. Now that said, if you look at our projects lined up from one to another, they're not going to all look the same, but what you'll notice is that there's a certain use of pattern and color. We'll do modern. We're doing an art deco project right now. We're doing uh, something that's very kind of traditional cottagey. Um, so we kind of, we don't have what I would say is a specific look, but our, our unique selling point is that if you come to us, you are going to get pattern and color, and we're going to help you figure out the pattern and color that is right for you. Now, the other kind of approach is there are designers like Jonathan Adler and Kelly Worsler, and if you go to them, you're going to get a very specific look. And if you are... And that's great. Yeah, and if you're someone who knows design and who religiously follows design, you'll be able to look at a house in a magazine and you'll be able to tell who did it. You know, their look is so <laughs> defined and so specific. Um, but I think that, you know, 
you can go one way or the other, but I think you have to do something different than what everyone else is doing out there. If you're just giving them what they could go to Pottery Barn and get, you're not really providing a service. Yeah, I mean, there's so many designers that are great out on Instagram, but it's like a farmhouse look and it's white and beige. And what's different than every other designer on Instagram doing white and beige and, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's really identify identify what you stand for and then hold true to that. It may not be for everybody, but it doesn't need, need to be for everybody. It needs to be for the person who wants it. And then think about how you can then market it and engage audiences and tell your story and right. and think of, you know, the, what, what channels work for you to bring that audience to the table. And really think about like what service you're providing because at the end of the day, it's really, and that's, it's kind of going back that way, but I think we lost sight of that. Um, mm-hmm you know, 20 years ago, it is really a service business and you're not, you are selling people products, but they're really, they really should be coming to you for your knowledge and your service, not to get a Schumacher fabric or, you know, a a particular brand of something. They really should be coming to you for your knowledge and your service. And the other stuff is an extension of that. Um, And I think, think differently. Think really, really try, try new things. Try Ways of engaging audiences, um, mm-hmm. you know, magazines, yeah, you know, a hundred percent, you know, Jason, and and um, you know, being that I'm just relating from the revolution side, um, this is going to sound cheesy, but the the world is your oyster. I mean, it is it has never been easier um, as a starting business. Uh, to find your niche, have your idea, be different. You know, Revolution Fabrics, you know, started five years ago, and we compete with with some of the biggest, you know, performance mm-hmm. fabric brands who are who have actually been um, brands longer than I've been alive. Um, so, you know, get on social. You know, build an email list. Um, find your niche. Communicate with a you know customer. Uh, in this time, you know, do digital meetups with with potential clients. Um, understand what your conversion is. is. Is that to sell design projects? Is that to uh, make relationships with brands? Uh, to produce products? Is it to write books? You know, what what is your conversion? Why? What, what do you want to do to run your business and and have your own story and, and stick with it? Um, and and be, really be who you are. My biggest fear when I started Revolution Fabrics with my family was um, not being myself. I I tried to be what I thought people needed me to be, and it was it was extremely challenging. Um, but when I focused on who I am and said, "Look, I'm I'm not in interior design, but you know, can I make relationships uh, like like I have with you two? And can I learn about design from you? And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a huge textile and fabric nerd. So can can we come together? Can we have talks like this? Um, and can I learn from you and you learn from me and, and, and ultimately um, add value to each other's stories? Um, I think to your point, yeah, I think to your point, Anderson, the world is your oyster. I mean, when we were growing up through this business, we didn't have Instagram and social media. So it's, you know, the, the, the access we have now and the, the people you meet now is is crazy compared to what it was yeah. 15 years ago. And I think, um, you know, when we were starting out, you had to get published in a magazine. If you didn't get published in a magazine, and I remember those days when we would get published, the telephone would ring. Um, 
you know, that because there wasn't social media, there wasn't really any other way of people finding you without getting yourself into a house beautiful or an architectural digest or better homes and gardens. And that day has changed. Um, those magazines, I think, are still valid. I think they still um, give you good information and they, and you know, they, they all have their own distinct point of views. But just because you can't get your, your work published in one of those doesn't mean that you don't have a valid business and you can't, you can't reach people because there are so many other ways now. You know, getting our home on apartment therapy, which when it was really kind of just starting out back, you know, how many years ago? That a while was, ago. A long time ago when they just started doing, they were just starting to do house tours. And that, that drew more, more, more traction than anything we've probably ever done. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's still, and that's the thing with some of these things, you know, that's, you can still find that out there um, in the landscape and it's going to be there forever. You know, so yeah. I think you just have to think differently. You know, something you and I talked about too is, you know, don't, don't overlook Facebook and we're also Instagram focused, but Facebook, you know, has an old, uh, typically an older demographic, but a money demographic. And how do you engage that audience and how do you, how do you convert them? So I think Instagram is great, um, but I think that oftentimes you overlook Facebook. It's 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 uh, potentials and capabilities too. So I think always kind of try you know try new things, but maybe look look backwards a little bit and and see are there things that gee there other there are other tools in the toolbox that perhaps aren't being maximized. Yeah, or Pinterest. Um, you know. Yeah, Pinterest. Is Pinterest huge. I, I I I traditionally. <laughs> I tend to to overlook Pinterest, uh, but being that we run our online fabric store, um, every once in a while, Pinterest just hits me in the face with, you know, hey, look, uh, you know, we have all this organic traffic from Pinterest and we convert 8% of people, you know, but we engage with way more people on Instagram and it's 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 a less of a conversion than that. You know, it's like, wow, I, I totally forgot about Pinterest, you know, so um just well, like you said, I mean, you can't, you can't rely on any one channel. I mean, which is where it has kind of gotten a little more complicated than it used to be in some ways, because you have all these avenues and they all have very different things that they bring to the table. And you really do need to participate across the board in most cases to kind of all. And what, all what I actually, different. what I really like about y'all in particular is um and i'm gonna guess are related to instagram and facebook is that should be the last in my opinion that should be the last thing you ever outsource i think if if you're a listener listening to this um and you own your own interior design business uh instagram and facebook should always be the last thing um you you source out um you know mm -hmm. our our relationship between Revolution and Madcap started on Instagram. It started right. with us, you know, direct messaging each other. I mean, that if you have an interior design business, you know, if you have a, a furniture business uh, and you're an owner or, or you, you need to control the voice, you know, which is, yeah. which is ultimately now becoming um, largely social. With, yeah. with the lockdown, with everyone being at home. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, we, given our background in publishing, we kind of always knew in the back of our mind that, you know, telling your own story 
was a very important thing, but it's, but we kind of maybe lost sight of that a little bit, but then ended up on home shopping network selling our bedding. And that just really drove the point home because home shopping network is built on stories and it's built on connecting to people out there watching television through the stories that you bring them. And so you just, it really drove home the point that you really do have to control certain things internally. Um, like you said, with Instagram and Facebook, like if you're outsourcing that, those stories aren't really genuine. And, and at the end of the day, people can tell they're not genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really yeah. need that. It is really about that personal connection and really about making that connection with people out there in the larger space that is going to drive your brand to the next place. And there's no shortcut. There's no cheat code. Um, no. You know, I, I have talks with furniture manufacturers and they're like, how do you guys have so many followers? It's because it's like, well, those are the people who have taken interest in us, but I've communicated to probably hundreds of thousands, you know, of people right. who, uh, you know, not not just 10,000 or whatever we have right. now in terms of followers. Well, um, and I think, right, it's not necessarily about... I mean, obviously you want to grow followers and you want more people to come to the table, but it's not necessarily like you look at some people who have hundreds of thousands of followers and you, if you really drill down on it, how many of those 400,000 followers are true, truly engaged and truly on board with the brand? There's probably a, a very small percentage. So you're much better off having a smaller number of very engaged, very active people who are going to go out there and tell your story and tell their friends, Oh, look, you know, this company's great. You know, I really like how they handle again. What, again. Yeah. Again, what's your, what's your conversion? You know, John, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what's your conversion? You know, if, if, if you're, if you're an interior design firm and you're one person and all you have is time, you know, you can have a hundred people that follow you and, and you can have, uh, you know, you can be, completely booked up, you know, is it, what's your, is your conversion to, to make relationships with brands? You know, maybe you need a little bit more followers for that, you know, but ultimately, um, you know, Hey, I have 300 followers, but I want 5,000. Well, are you communicating and and commenting to, to the 500 followers that you have? Cause it only gets bigger, you know, it only gets, it only gets, uh, it only gets, uh, there's only more and more messages that are, that are piled on that. Um, and that's something I didn't get in the beginning, um, but yeah, it's about it really is about it's about engagement. And I and again, I go back to that being on Home Shopping Network. Like the more engaged you are with your customer or with with the general public, the more you get back in return. And it really is about being authentic, having a story, and really telling that story to the, to the greater world. Yeah, beating beating your own drum, telling telling your own story, mm-hmm. and 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 then letting letting uh letting the the world decide um if your story is right for them yeah right exactly thank you for listening to this episode of the starting designer a podcast for your first year of interior design please make sure to reach out to our guests and thank them for their advice i want to thank our sponsors revolution performance fabrics and please make sure to follow and subscribe on your preferred podcasting channel As always, I'm your host, Anderson Gibbons, and thank you for listening. Have a great day. Go crush your design business.